0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Untether.tv. I'm your host and founder, Rob Woodbridge. Before we start this, I got to ask you one big favor. If you're listening to this or watching this, hey, listen, I've set up a Patreon account at patreon.com forward slash Untether. And what is Patreon? It is a place where if you want to support this show, you want to support Untether.tv, you can donate up to, well, minimum. Of $1 a month. All it takes is $1 a month. And I will keep this show going forever. It gives me a little bit of luxury. A little bit of leeway to actually augment this show. You can, you can obviously donate a little bit more. But this is an amazing, amazing thing called Patreon.com. It helps people like me who are creating independent content actually be able to do this ongoing. So if you are in the generous mood, go to Patreon.com forward slash Untether and throw me a buck. $1 a month. $12 a year. Come on. I'd appreciate it very much. Now, let's get on with this show. We are about to sit down with one of my favorite people of all time, Gary Schwartz. Now, listen, he's, he's, an, he's an author, multiple-time author. He's, he's actually written a couple of books, great books, one called The Impulse Economy. The other one is Fast Shopper, Slow Store. He's a fellow Canadian, but he's always on the road. He's got his hand in everything that has to do with mobile. He's also uh, still a founder of Impact Mobile and... I got to tell you something else is that he's also one of the guys that I consider a close, hold oh, close to my heart because he was he's an Untethered Talks alum, right? The old, the one and only Untethered Talks, Gary, and you were there. Thank you for doing this. I think this is actually your fourth. And time. I am honored. I,
1: I was, I was on one of the first little sequences you did, right? No kidding.
0: Yes. Yeah. And you, you, this is your fourth visit to Untether TV for an episode, so you're an, among the elite. There's only other one other guy that has ever done that aside from Asif. Which we both know very well. Who's done 167 or 168 episodes? <laughs> it with would
1: him. be hard to compete with us. Yes, yeah.
0: yeah. You'd have to yeah. basically you'd have to start now and and go for the next three years. But uh, Gary, thank you for coming on here. Really appreciate your time, oh, man. Thanks, Rob. So we are gonna we uh, frame this session because uh, we're gonna get deep and dirty into this thing called the Internet of Things. Uh, you know there's a recent um, I, I mean we talked about this a couple of times on a bunch of other shows the Internet of Things is 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 a buzzword we've heard it for so many years now I want to get to the bottom of this I want to understand what it means the implications to the consumers I want to understand what it means to businesses around the world I want to understand what it means to the fact that you know are people spying on us what is this got to do with with our um, with our privacy and uh, right. I don't know anybody else better to talk about this than than Gary so
1: well I have a POV for sure
0: yeah well I, and you know what there's one thing that we need in this industry is a point of view. We don't need all these tech blogs coming together to basically talk about the same thing, right? And and spew the same garbage. It's listen, let's let's get down. Point of yeah, view very important. So, uh before we get into this, anything you want to talk about? You are still involved in all of these companies, aren't you? Like you are still engaged in Pack Mobile. Do you have yeah. time for that? Yep.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I, I I'd like to think of my life as one big Venn diagram, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it's, you know, isn't
0: it, wouldn't it be just like three circles overlapping completely and you're doing it, it all at be, the same yeah, time?
1: It would be, I, I'm obliterated by lines. But, <laughs> uh, you know, that, that's what makes things exciting because you cannot silo. I mean, that, that is really, and we talked about this before mobile forces you to get out of the silo. If you think of mobile as another vertical, we should go home now.
0: Yeah, right. Just turn it mobile up. is
1: is is break the rules horizontal, right, and uh, it obliterates verticals. And so, you know, uh, the wonderful thing about mobile is I'm involved in, in uh, medical compliance companies on one side. we were just talking about social media companies that 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 I've started um, in in the literacy space and sports space um, and and communication space but they all intersect so you find that you're doing something far left to center which absolutely then propels you into a solution back home you know in your core business and and so mobile is an exciting space it always has been i've been doing it now what for 12 years um hardcore and uh and and i it's still I wake up thrilled to get into work and get all that that chemistry going so um yeah, it's
0: exciting. I, I think about that because uh, you know, early in the '90s, that's when I found the internet. It's when a lot of people didn't understand what the internet was, and I used to have it, like the, the same feeling. It was maybe seven or eight years of this. I can't wait to see what what innovation happens. And then you know, you know, it, it just kind of stagnated until mobile. I found mobile. Like it's like I found God in '99, right? And it was like, <laughs> wow, you know, my hands glowed. I saw the world in a different way. And and, right. uh, but but since then, since 1999. There isn't a moment in time that has been stagnant, slow, plodding in this space. It's like every moment of every day, something changes in the world that is brought on well, by mobile. Yeah, well, you
1: know what? What really stimulates the whole, what what makes it exciting, is everybody thinks that there's money at the end of this rainbow, <laughs> and which gets a lot more people. And, and I'm not to being crass. I mean, yeah. it it it, it it allows a lot more people to devote a lot more time to an industry, you know, with the prospect of, of making money down the road. And so, so, there's a lot of noise, and so there are a lot of solutions busting the seams open uh, in, in, in a number of verticals. And as I said, you know, because it's a uh, horizontal, it's it's absolutely vertical agnostic. So, so it cross pollinates. So if everybody thinks that this is the end of the rainbow, as far as you know. A uh, Dollar here or there and it's busting the doors open um, Across all these verticals that have stagnated there are a lot of verticals that that haven't really been explored um, And there's a lot of incumbent media in there that that mobile is you know Kicking open the barn doors on and so that's what makes it exciting And, uh,
0: and it's nowhere near being over is it?
1: Oh, no, no, no like- mobile. We talked about this before mobile is is a you know it's a great word we all use it but what the hell does it mean you know mobile is anything to do with the consumption of information across your screens uh, what we're doing now has an element in the mobility uh, we're in a multi screen economy nothing uh, can be. You know uh, solely um sectioned off around you know a tablet or a phablet or or a handheld you know you know i talk about this a lot is, is the whole digital velcro right and and the fact that that in order to really do anything with mobility you have to connect all your screen experiences throughout the day in this journey and so you know this may be you know we may be in a mobile first economy where you're thinking about this one as your first sort of design tiptoe. But then ultimately to do anything that's going to grow and drive value, this has to be connected to all the other touch points. So mobility or mobile, mobile is just a sexy word and people like using sexy words because they work well with pitches, they help you close RFPs and you get a, a little bit of funding here and there. But ultimately what we're talking about is not, Mobile, but we're talking about the mobile consumer. Yes. So, everything that affects the mobile consumer is the business of mobility. And in that sense, you know, hallelujah, we're all evangelists.
0: Well, you know, talking about uh, this, these buzzworthy words, um, yeah, Internet of Things, man. Like, yep. Gary, this, this has, uh, you know, I remember the first time I heard it, uh, which was way back when the Internet was cool. Yeah, and you that, know what's
1: really cool is when you say, say IoT.
0: IoT, yes, yeah. capital I. Then, then you're
1: really in the cool sort of.
0: Yeah, you are. You're in the that crowd. <laughs> you are. It's 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 a you know the acronym. But but yeah. you, you recently wrote in January you wrote an article about uh, this thing that we talked about, which was the wireless registry, uh, which is right. uh, we're we're going to get to. Um, but you also. <laughs> I don't know if this is, uh, I don't know if I should be make fun of this or if, if this is a serious thing. Um, but uh, Cisco CEO John Chambers took to the stage and said, you know, we're not, this is not, it, this is not about the Internet of Things. This is the about the Internet of Everything, right? Right. And uh, I mean, has this gone too far? Like, can no, we no, live no, up no, to this? No, not at all. I mean,
1: look. It, 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 everybody's posturing, right? And, yeah. and when, when, when you have an industry that's about to blow up, everybody's posturing to own. It's very Orwellian, right? Yes. You want to own the words. Yeah. Okay? If you own the words, then you can own the business logic, you can own the solution, you can sell and you can get the 17 trillion dollars that Chambers talks about at the end of the rainbow, right? So I think, look, I mean, there's obviously a little bit of uh, showmanship. Little bit, you know, yes. but but the way that I understand things being defined is you have the internet of, of things, which I call the internet of stuff, right? So you have the internet of stuff, um, and and we know that ultimately every thing, every article in your world will have some uh connectivity, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this bottle will have some connectivity so when you put it in the fridge the fridge will be able to recognize it, it'll be able to tell you about it, it'll be able to tell you when you need to top up your 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 shopping basket, it'll tell you when you need to throw it out Um, everything ultimately will have a connectivity which allows it to have data, which allows it to have intelligence, which allows you to manage it however the one ingredient that we're missing out on all this is that if, if you have all these things that have the ability to communicate you don't necessarily have by definition or implicitly uh a system to manage it right and so what what chambers is saying is there's one thing to have the internet of things there's another thing to actually have platforms that can manage it and monetize it so he's saying hey you know the internet of everything is is this combined platform opportunity, and this combined platform is going to j- generate, you know, seventeen, you know, odd trillion dollars uh, for the global economy over the next few years.
0: You know, it's it's funny because, I mean, I I get this and and I understand, but but uh, you know, oftentimes I look at that and and people who are listening to this or watching this, you know, the first thing that goes through your mind is is like, do we really need a connected water bottle, right? And what is the net? economic impact of that connected water bottle right now it's a sunk cost right so right. To, like work, work with me I, i've just thought of this is that to yeah. ad, you know to, to administer now that bottle as a as a as a as a, as a piece of uh, plastic that is now sitting on the network there's a cost right there is a manufacturing cost there's a technical And cost. an opportunity right but the, well you, there's a technological um you know advancement requirement in order to be able to get the whatever it is that's connected um so cheap that it can be manufactured and put on the device that, you know on, on the plastic bottle then it's got to uh have the software that, be, that has to be able to recognize that bottle um, and then it has to have the software to be able to interact with whatever other device it is that it goes into like a fridge or is packaged with which is the sure. next bottle next to it and then they have to build this software infrastructure around that in order to be able to track it so that, you know, mineral water from northern Canada gets down to the states and you can actually follow the chain so that, you know, it's not poisoned, right? So right. all of that seems like ridiculous before the net, net impact economic value, the increase in economic value will be felt by being able to tell you that you have to go and buy some more ultimately, right? That's that's what it comes down to. Right, like, but purchase. I mean, we are
1: taking the most prosaic, you know, yeah. example. Of course It like, yeah, happens to have a... But the there is no question that and let's take it back to really what is this thing called mobility? We talked about you know uh, where we sit in time and you know where we sit right now and where are we going? Yes. So the way that I see the world and and you talked about POV. So this is my POV. Okay, uh, is that we've been hoodwinked to a large extent with this device, not this particular device. I have a lot of respect for this device, so that's crazy. <laughs> but you know, certain devices in the market came out with this whole sort of, um, you know, bruhaha of oh my gosh, buy my device because with my device is tethered this huge storefront, which you can cherry pick all these wonderful apps, put them into the device, and the device is going to have so much value. Remember all those billboards where you had the iPhone just
0: exploding
1: with content, right? It's just it's like oh my gosh. You know, hundreds of thousands of things that, that you too can own for free, in most cases, uh, if you buy my phone. So, so you know, device manufacturers like these guys and device manufacturers like the, the Apples of the world, they wake up in the morning and they only think about one thing. And I always say to somebody, look, when you're going into battle with anybody, first thing you have to ask is, when Rob wakes up in the morning, what does he think about? When Apple wakes up in the morning, what do they think about when you know samsung wakes up in the morning what do they think about and that has to that informs the way that they see their business apple does not give a hoot in the morning when they wake up about their storefront in as much as they don't really care about the real revenue that comes out of that storefront they've just given back a whole pile of money by the government just saying boo to them. So th- what they want is to, to to create a value proposition. So you buy their phone because right. when they wake up in the morning, they sell phones. Uh, when Google wakes up in the morning, they sell search. When you know you know uh, Microsoft wakes up in the morning, they sell they sell licensing. You know so so so, so you know w- w- when Apple created this whole economy of of apps, and just speaking about mobility, uh, hi. Uh, my phone wanted to talk to me. So, so when uh, when when Apple uh, came out with this whole idea of, hey, buy my phone is tether to
0: content,
1: follow You know, it was the world, the the um, the uh, the app store here, app store there, and, and it's it's it changed the consumer's POV on this wonderful thing called the smartphone. And and the way that I see it is, up until now, we really thought of the phone as somewhat a crackerjack container which which is really unfortunate in many ways because it is a smartphone and we diminish the value of that phone by basically saying buy, buy this phone and you too can cherry pick all these cute little apps and and you can put them into the phone and while you're eating popcorn you can find little you know plastic rings and bubble gums and jokes can you know joke uh, sequences at the bottom of your phone too and it, 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 and people treat it that way they, they treat about oh, i'm downloading apps i'm putting them into folders and i'm, I'm they're getting lost and and oh is it hot isn't it cool that i've got this little widget here and this little widget there this is a powerful powerful device this Device, as we talked about, is is you know between depending on your phone, you know three thousand to four thousand times faster than the first rocket that went to the moon. This is a powerful device that can do so much more than aggregate novelty. And, and so, getting back to the Internet of Things, my feeling is we're moving finally from a crackerjack container and not necessarily to taking that content and throwing it into a browser, because that was where it should have lived in the first place, but we're almost leapfrogging through the browser into the phone as an intelligence server. So the phone becomes an intelligence server and the world becomes my app economy. So the world becomes, you know, a a, a nest uh, thermostat. You know, the world becomes something I put in my plant to tell me when to order it. Uh, the world becomes, uh, you know, uh, a vibes, you know, remote vibrator that I give to my girlfriend uh, to spice up our relationship. The world becomes an interesting place from social to practical, um, you know, to, to banking yeah. and to fun. And uh, and these apps live in the world they become the internet of everything and this becomes your remote intelligence server and so think about right now if i open up my my my, uh my wi-fi um and the settings and in any given place i'll have you know there'll be 10 or 20 sort of networks that jump up on my screen pedal forward 2020 right now we have what 10 billion connected things out there uh it's supposed to go up to 50 billion who knows a a big number Uh, nobody can count so high anyway so a big number and and suddenly it's gone from 10 things that it reads to 50 things to 100 things to a thousand things it's reading you cannot manage that manually nor should you you it's like going to the app store and saying, what app should i pick now that there are a million apps up there it's It becomes a joke at a certain point sure you know so so no this is not a science project life is not a science project you know we we get up in the morning we try to get home in one piece and 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 say hi to the kids and have dinner I mean it's not a science project we do things in order to augment our lives and make it easier for us to go from point A to point B and so if So if you have these hundreds of things that are popping up, thousands of things, this has to, not just because we think it's a cool thing for this to become more of a server and less of a crackerjack container. It's because the crackerjack mentality is not going to manage the future. And so ultimately, the world becomes this Internet of stuff that's saying, I'm here. And we now can intelligently manage the way we navigate through that, so we don't have to manually say, "Oh, something's asking me to do something," and that way, this becomes uh, a more intelligent prosthetic. You know, it. it, it, it you know, it, it, you remember what uh, Steve Jobs said about fingers, right? He said. Uh, uh, you know, we don't need a stylus because we we're born with five styluses and that's really why people bought uh, the Apple phone. That's the end of it. They bought it because suddenly they, the phone became an extension and it became a, a, a natural way of communicating with data. It was like pinch and zoom and, oh my God, I can see stuff. It was, it was a, a black swan, right? Mm-hmm. The same thing now applies to data. I can't manually pinch and zoom and go into millions of things of data. This now has to become a much more intelligent device for me. And so, uh, if 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 that's the way we're we're moving, it's not because I think it's a nice thing to to abandon apps and move into more of an intelligent server economy. It's because we really don't have a choice. And and so so I don't think it's necessarily about you know intelligently managing this particular bottle it's the fact that that the world right now is about to change profoundly we're we're in a a, you know people will say that 2014 is going to be a pivot year and people will look back historically and it will be the start of a chapter it'll be you know you will look back and your your grandchildren will open a chapter on the evolution of communications and they'll say 2014 it's when we started to interact with the world yeah. as opposed to naval gaze into a cracker jack, rac- jack- jackpot container. So anyway, I, I'm blathering, but the exciting thing is that the world now starts to take on structure. And um, and so a company like NAS that sells for 3.5 is is selling for that number because a Google understands the value of intelligent remote apps. So any company out there that's creating an intelligent remote application is Potentially into some big bucks if they get it right.
0: You know, it, uh, this is fascinating to me because uh, you know I t- often talk about um, hubs of our lives, right? So you've yes. got your, your living room hub and which is entertainment, and, and you've got your kitchen hub and your office hub and your car hub and your bedroom hub, and there's and and all all you're all you're doing is meshing together this network that that as you said, I love the way you you phrased it, uh, which is the Velcro, right? Yeah, uh, because that's exactly what you, you you want to seamlessly walk through and and not be bothered. And, and uh, you know, we talk often about Asif and I talk about this this world of temporary applications. And then what you're talking about is, is almost exactly that is that instead of apps coming into the screen, the screen ju- is the gateway into those applications. So as you're walking into a room, it's just smart enough to know, right, because of the sensors and beacons and nodes and all that kind of stuff, this Internet of Things where mm-hmm. where. Now I, I worry. Now I wonder. Is is because that that to me is fascinating, right? Is that the challenge that we're having right now is that my device isn't smart enough to know that when I've walked into the kitchen from the living room um, to pause the TV and get the coffee maker going, and then it doesn't know that when I leave and I get into the car where I'm going, right? I have to exactly. tell it still. So uh, I right. mean, if 2014 is that pivotal year, which I believe, I mean, every year for, you know since since mobile, since the first cell phone, I saw the first cell phone in a car. Um, right. You know, a buddy, John Healy's dad had a he had a Beamer with like the car phone, the old school right. in the '80s, and we weren't allowed to use it. Cause it was like a hundred dollars a minute, but it was the coolest thing. We we saw this transformation from then until now. You, you know, the, right. the speed with which we're doing this, the change has just blown my mind. We're increasing, but we're still in that yeah. spot where we're all independent. So, what are the first right. steps here? Like, is it? A, you know, a friend of mine said, "Listen, you know what? It's the it's the home operating system." it's not the device operating system, it's the home operating system. But I think what we're talking about here is basically the world's operating system and we just float in and out of that operating system. Is that is that- it,
1: Absolutely, and, and, and look, it, it's, it's as big or as small as you want it to be. Yep. But the, the bottom line is there's no turning back. We're, I mean, just take a step back and, and I'm sure a lot of your audience recalls when you know, if you wanted to do a business deal, it was analog. Yes. You know. And and we could never go back to that. I mean, you could never even you can't even imagine what it would be like to do an analog business deal. You know, like what does that even mean? Uh, excuse right? me, Mr. Exactly. Smith, I'd like to drop by your office. I'd like to, to show you a product um, and then, you know, we'll follow up with ah with with another meeting in a few weeks time. I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine what that's like. I, I've already done three business deals today remotely, globally, yeah. and I, you know, I, I couldn't even imagine what it would be like to, to close deals. So the same holds that somebody's going to look back at the, the, idios, the idiocy of what we did for the last five years on this phone. Which is look down uh, at and- the screen. Well, no, but, but even just the fact that, oh my gosh, look how cool this is. I got a tape measuring application. Or, <laughs> oh, I have, you know, like, well, you know, I've got, you know, some little utility that emulated and digitized some sort of, you know, something on my desk. And it was like, oh my God, I can do it on my phone. And okay, it's great. <laughs> but it's 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 a crackerjack mentality. It's this whole, you know, party favors thing, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, so people are going to look back at that and say, well, it was a necessary sort of progression. I understand Apple needed to sell a few phones, and we, we got everybody excited, and now we've moved on to a more seamless way of, of handling our environment. And um, and obviously, you know, the, 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 the obvious profound impacts on retail and, and the way we consume things and commerce, and that goes without saying. Yeah. But, but what I'm trying to say is that it is going to fundamentally the change, because I really don't care about the retailers and the CPGs, they're still running, you know, five laps behind the consumer, right? But the consumer has moved into this world where potentially they can navigate where, in a world where they can create one profile around Gary, attach that profile to this device, and all of my portfolio of devices that I've, you know, that I use throughout the day, like I wake up with this under my my pillow, and then I, I have my tablet, and then I have this, and then I come back to this, the portfolio of surfaces or or screens have an identity, and it's called Gary. And Gary has certain likes, he has dislikes, he has certain aversions, uh, uh, he has certain privacy concerns, he has, he has this thing called Gary and it floats around the bubble and, and when this bubble hits other bubbles things need to happen and that those bubbles have to, the, the rules that I create around my profile when my bubble hits another bubble and it like, ships in the night, things need to happen and so the, 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 there is the first thing which is things have sensors, the second thing is sensors need identity and the third thing is when one identity collides with another, there has to be a, a higher sort of intelligence that says, based on that, this is what you get. And that's the future of the world. Now, the opportunity, the $17 trillion opportunity, is the guys that are going to make money on creating a bubble called Gary. The guy is going to create money creating a bubble called Walmart. And then the guys up here are going to make money on the services and APIs and integration and and intelligence that manages what happens when these two bubbles collide, aka, you know, chambers and the internet of everything. But so there's a lot of money to be made here. People get it right. So, uh, and so, you know, there you have it. That's the script for the next five years. Uh, but the devil's in the details. You still need an identity bubble. Right now this is a MAC address with a a random number that I don't know, Um, and I can't create an intelligent bubble in profiling. And the big thing is right now is, you know, people are saying, oh my gosh, my bubble is being tracked. I have no control. So we have to put, you know, a, a morphine pump in the middle somewhere.
0: So is that, I mean... Is that where we're, we're going to end up? There's challenges here. Like, I think there's challenges on the consumer side, there's challenges on the retail or the business side, and there's challenges on the on the privacy side. Uh, these right. are impediments, right? The, are, are, there, are there glowing impediments that we're seeing here that, that have. They're not
1: impediments. The problem is, is that everybody has an agenda. Yes. I have an agenda, you have an agenda,
0: commercial companies people have an in agenda, and the belt, yeah.
1: Beltway have an agenda. Yeah. And you have to, just like I said, you have to know what people. Think about first when we wake up in the morning, that's their agenda. Mm -hmm. So when the privacy commission guys or uh, in the Beltway in DC wake up in the morning, they have an agenda and they they change the vocabulary in a very Orwellian way to reflect their agenda. So these three words have an agenda, do not track, okay? So somebody says, oh my gosh, when I go into a store, you know, Euclid and Brickstream and Cisco, they were tracking me. <laughs> oh my God, it's the end of the world, you know, the end is not. And and I know there's a lot of hype about tracking data and Snowden and all the politics behind that. But, but by creating some sort of, you know, hype around uh, privacy and saying do not track creates... Well, it gets people elected because I'm, I'm servicing my, my citizens and I'm protecting them. So that becomes a great political sure. platform. Um, but it doesn't work for the business community. It doesn't work for the consumer because it scares the, the living daylights out of them. So instead of do not track, it should be let me control how I interact with my Internet of Things. So then I can say, toggle privacy down
0: <laughs>
1: which is, by definition is do not track but it's a positive not a negative there's so much positive spin here guys give the consumer the morphine pump they're not going to consume as much morphine right. right right that's the whole point of a morphine pump don't just don't just take morphine and, and you know inject it into the system like the privacy guys in in, 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 in ottawa and uh, washington. and washington are doing give the consumer the ability to say guys we understand your concern what we're doing is we're going to structure this world so that you have the tools to control the way you navigate and get things and interact with things and don't get things and don't interact with things and so then you say well that's great I love it now I can get I can have a relationship with Starbucks but I don't want a relationship with XYZ, you know, retailer. Or I I want to let all my Facebook community and tether it to my profile. And I want to know when somebody comes in who's in my Facebook community into this room and my bubble, bumps their bubble, and we can say hi. And if their privacy settings are open and mine are open, then we can hook up and, you know, go on a second date and have babies. But that's <laughs> my prerogative. Yeah. Right? Yep. And, and the problem is, is that the agenda is skewed by people who use these draconian words and everybody goes, oh, you know, my privacy has been invaded. And, and look, let's be honest. When you go into a store, you're being tracked whether you like it or not. It's just this digital word. Everybody gets heebie-jeebies on. But, I mean, we're being tracked. The camera's everywhere. This heat mapping whether you like it or not. That's not the issue. The issue is make the privacy guys happy and then let's move on. So I think that's what's happening. You you have the Privacy Commission, you have all the Euclids and uh, Brickstreams and all the good guys uh, you know who 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 do mobile location analytics, the MLAs of the world, w- working with them, compliant, and and you get all the, the 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 white elephants out of the room. So the white elephants in in, in the internet of everything are toys will have sensors, right? Uh, uh, heart monitors will have sensors. We have to take those off the table immediately. There's no argument there. Nobody's going to argue. Oh my gosh, I can't track toys because they may have little toddlers tethered to them. You know, I can't track people who have medical appliances on them because that's not cool, etc. cetera. And so you need to take all of those guys, with the, the, those issues off the table, and that makes sense. So you start there. You've got the Privacy Commission. With a do not track, you know, um, uh, uh, network that they're building where the Euclid and everybody can ping and say, can we track it? You know, are we allowed to? And and wiping out that sort of ambiguity. But so you deal with the, the, the you, you deal half glass half full on these things. You say, look, this is a great opportunity to provide services to the economy and to the con- consumers and things in that economy and uh and and there are certain things that we need to deal with off the bat so you're dealing with those so the elephant in the room and then you go and say and then we have to give controls to the rest of the people so that they like intelligent adults that they are can manage their own lives because you know what the last time i heard washington's not supposed to micromanage the average citizen's world no so let's move on
0: you know it's it's it strikes me that that what you've just described is So, you know, maybe, maybe it's been built out of fear or, uh, you know, obviously, you know, not a word of a lie here, just so you know, governments react slowly. I, I know that this might be this might be news to people, but but I, I, I honestly believe that, you know, this world emerged. So it took right. everybody by storm. It took everybody who carries a device, by, like a, a feature phone, by storm. It took business. It took consumers. Right. It took economies. It took emerging economies. It took governments. And it took policymakers all by storm, right? So if we think that the, the retailers are five years or five laps behind, I can't imagine sure. how far we think that the governments are in this. So their immediate reaction is always shut it down. Clamp it down, right. put put as much around barriers as we can, so that we're going to spend the next 15 or 20 years battling through this red tape, and one company at a time is going to go and and put and make a mistake against what is happening in their privacy issue or something because they're pushing the boundaries. And then maybe maybe the government will recoil a little bit as we can become comfortable, because five years ago, we didn't check in. Five years later, we're past the check-in, right? Five years later... Yeah, you but know...
1: if, 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 I, if I may interrupt, uh, yeah, Robert, it,
0: it, I think that whole...
1: The world up until 2014, absolutely you got, you know, and all these guys sort of pushing the envelope and people are getting scared and this and that and you know how many articles I've written on privacy with some sort of you know thing blowing up here or something blowing up there. Uh, you know, I remember Carrie IQ and all these stupid, stupid yeah. you know. I mean, unbelievable that you know that they turned into such you know, page one stories. I mean, but Absolutely. So it, it, you know, it's not something that we can we can uh, write off because it's always going to be there. The fear of so what has to happen right now is we need to take a step back and say, how can we deal with the Internet of Everything? Because it's not going to be somebody going, oh my gosh, the you know Nest is tracking the temperature in our home and that's an invasion of my privacy. or well, this application is going to do that or. You know, uh, you know, the, uh, there's a there's a sensor in the basketball and my son's playing on that team, you know, and the coach has control over the analytics on that basketball. The world is not. It stops. Know? Stop. Stop the game. <laughs> but, you know, it... you. so so They the, the, the cannot. It, no, let's, <laughs> <Just> stop. Stop. <laughs> let's stop for a second. So what's going to happen is this, Rob? Is, I love this game. And, I love and, this you, game. you know, I, I have a, This is my prelude. This is where where I think things are going to go. Is so I I've kind of got the hots for this 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 one play, which is uh, the the wireless registry. And the reason I've got the hots for them is I think the most logical place to start here is a domain name registry, right? So you have uh you know you have IP addresses, and then you had the domain name registry. Remember, you know. The web. Yep. And suddenly it transformed everything from this geeky tech sort of stuff out there called the internet that, that nobody knew except some geek kid in the basement to something that we could interact with and we could understand because it had a naming protocol. And then people came behind it with a shovel with services that made billions of dollars. Um, building websites and building, you know, d- d- data backends and and widgets and whatnot. So we have a situation now, we have MAC addresses, right? I don't know my MAC address, but there is a MAC address in here somewhere. Uh, we have, uh, in my office here, we have SSIDs, we have, you know, these, these Wi-Fi networks and-, and Bluetooth networks, and they all just had numbers, right? So. What has to happen and what is happening right now, and this is why I'm saying it, because it's not such an abstract concept, is that if we can create a naming protocol around these numbers, just like we did around IP addresses, and create profiles and business logic, then essentially you can create a very safe and very easy to understand universe where... Where, you know, uh, let's take Walmart as an example, Walmart has a Wi-Fi network. They put a Wi-Fi network in their stores and when you go into the store you will see Walmart's Wi-Fi network, right? And it will have a nice big lock and key next to it, right? Yep. Because they put that Wi-Fi network in that store in order to service Apple store-in-a-store store, and, you know, I guess my guess is so Apple can send you an email receipt, right? So. What do I know? So, But it's a a locked network. That network is a physical bubble. I can name my bubble. Now, why is it that I can't just create permission around this bubble, Walmart create permission around their bubble, and when these two bubbles collide, things happen because it goes to a neutral registry? I think that is gonna take the is gonna demystify the industry. Because if I can go into my settings and I can say, Hey, you know, um, I, I got a new phone and, and it says look, import your attach your MAC address to your profile, mobile guy, and suddenly those settings are pulled in. They still my private settings, but it's attached to this MAC address. Address. I can now use this phone as a intelligent server, and I can go through the city and get or not get stuff based on whatever I decide. And that allows. I mean, it, 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 it's it's such a, a it's sort of a logical way of seeing the future of the Internet of Things, or whatever you know people want to you know coin this new sort of economy as. But but ultimately, it's not as chambers is absolutely right the, the money isn't going to be made on the fact that we can put stuff sensors on things and and uh, eye beacons on other things and you know the economy is going to be built on the business logic and i think the opportunity is to demystify things to create a standard and you know when i said that, you know basically the future is built on three bubbles my bubble the bubble that I'm interacting with, and the bubble of, inter- of, of business logic in the cloud, that's essentially the ingredients that need to come into play. You need a standard for naming bubbles, and you need, you know, business guys to come in like Qualcomm and Cisco and build services around that standard. That standard is what you know is being debated right now. I, I would look at the Privacy Commission and see how they're dealing with things, because essentially, as I say, it has to start with with do not track toys and grow from there. So that's, you know, and I think it's fairly simple. And I the, the future is rosy. I don't think it's gonna be as much of a, a you know, a crap storm as we think. I,
0: I, you know, the way you just described it uh, makes me believe now in the wireless registry. I mean, I register my name and I think that everybody should now go out and register their name because, you know, that is a very, I mean, it's a very pragmatic approach to this. And, uh, and it is going to be one of those larger companies that have to build that thing in the sky, right? Um, right. Will it be Google? And it's not
1: going to be the wireless registry. It's going to be a Cisco. It's going to yeah. be the big yeah. boys out yeah. there the, and the big girls out there. The The issue is, is there something – like if I go to a, a retailer and I say, look, you have the ability to have your name, their eyes start to twinkle because we all love our name. We all – I mean it's a human characteristic that, that – People will like I, you know. I mean, to get back to sort of brass text with families, we were talking about families before. I can go up to my daughter in the morning and say, "Get up, get up, get up, whatever!" Bang, blah, blah, but I say her name, and suddenly her eyes open. You're right? right? Yeah. That's open sesame. Right? And we have I because it it in, that name is tethered to everything she knows that it is important to her. Right. And we as brands have names and, and they were tethered to brand identities and we hold those, those are sacrosanct. And so my feeling is if we can get away from numbers and turn them into names with personalities and have a structure which is that we trust, right? Yep. That that everything's within the circle of trust and we have control. So then the morphine pump is in effect, right? And we're not we don't need as much morphine. Right, and and so we don't need governments as much. Right, then everything becomes healthier, and I do believe that people will embrace that because that's just. Look, I've always said the future is not technology-led. The future is people uh, making money, getting laid, eating good food. That's the future, and then technology services that. Anybody who thinks that technology is you know job one is out of business. Go home. Right. So these problems have to be solved by understanding the human condition, understanding mobility, understanding concerns, understanding meet the fuckers and circle of trust and and then layering on things that people feel comfortable with and then layering on technology and then the Cisco's compounds and make their 17 billion
0: dollars. God, Gary, why don't we do this more often, man? Dude, I'm here. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) All right, Gary, you write about this all the time. Like, you are so active yeah. in this. Your mind is immersed in this. Where do we send people to find out more about what you're writing about?
1: Well, well I write books, and so those take a little bit longer. Yeah, um, yes. I have, as you said, kindly said, I have two books uh, out there. One is the Impulse Economy, and one is Paul uh, Shoppers Lost Soul, which I buy with Simon and & Schuster, and you find them in the ether somewhere. Uh, Amazon, Bonds, and Noble. Uh, I'm writing a book called uh, The Anatomy of the Phone, uh, which... Which you know, when I write it, I'll I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, but my blog <laughs> back on. is um, is uh, the impulse economy. So it's the name of my first book. So theimpulseeconomy.com. I try and write a major sort of thing every month there. So if you follow that RSS feed, you'll be able to uh, to you know tap into some of the stuff that I'm thinking about. And obviously, would love to hear from everybody. Uh, you can always you know follow me on Twitter at uh, is impulse economy not the but at impulse economy and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, and then hopefully, you know, tuning into amazing programming like yours.
0: And then, of course, yeah, you know what? Uh, you can uh, you can reach Gary through many, 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 many ways. You can also see him speak, in a, and uh, if you actually do a search, and I'll, I'll include it in the show notes if you're listening to this, you can go back and, and watch Gary's uh, presentation from Untether Talks and the other episodes that he's done here. More of the same. Like I, I just I love having these conversations with you because it opens up my eyes and it sets my tone. Like I sh- we should do this in January, so it sets my tone for the year. Right? We're mid February, right? And um, but. Please, if you're if you're listening to this and you want to hear more of what Gary's talking about, go to theimpulseeconomy.com. Go and read his his blog post. There's one that's from uh, mid January on this very topic, where we covered quite a bit more extensively here than than in the article. But uh, it'll give you the it'll give you the understanding. And, and uh, Gary, I can't thank you enough for doing this, man. One of my favorite people on the planet, and uh, uh, I love doing great. this. Thank you. I love. Yeah. Uh,
1: no. Thanks a lot for having me on, Rob.
0: Uh, folks, we've been speaking with Gary Schwartz. Go to theimpulseeconomy.com, author of two awesome books. You can't discount those. Go and buy those books. You can do it in digital format. Um, but please come back again when uh, when I have my next guest on. And thank you wherever you are, whatever you're doing. And if you've contributed to the, um, the Patreon account, I really appreciate you doing that as well. We will see you next time on untether.tv. Gary, thank you.